I hope you are having a great day. It is time for Shooting the Schmidt. I am your host, Jonathan Smith. Matt Murphy, he's back today to talk more about the NCAA National Championship game from two nights ago, because you'll be hearing this on Wednesday. Can't wait to get into it. But first, Double B, Bruce Buffer. Thank you, Bruce. And he's back. Back again. <laughs> yes, <a> sir. <laughs> we back. We back. Let's go. Uh, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Happy Monday. Or, yeah. No, it's, Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Shoot, my bad. It's okay. Crazy, crazy, crazy life we live, Johnny. Yeah, for sure. It. Yeah, that's that's the only <laughs> way mainly, to mainly, it. I think, just tired because we had to stay up until like 1, 1 a.m. to watch that game last night. 920 tips are not it. 20 start times? That's like... I understand our friends on the West Coast need to, you know, but still, it, get some love. It's still, it'd been what, 520 over there? Yeah, just Jiminy Christmas, dude. But at the same, well, okay, never mind. I'm about to say, but if they go an hour earlier, can we just, can we just start work an hour earlier on the West Coast? Like, yeah, I, <laughs> like have them man, work eight to four, and everybody else just work nine to five. I, I so we don't have to worry yeah, about this. I had a couple friends on the West Coast text me like, "This is why the West Coast is the best time zone." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> no, dude, I, was, I mean, talk about when there's a seven p.m. game on the Eastern time, and they're it starts at like four p.m. They're still at, they're at three, yeah, whatever. <laughs> They're still at work when they're, yeah. So My, my thing is like, dude, working in sports on the West Coast has got to be awesome. Oh, man. Because, dude, because they're, because what, the game Tell finishes at like 7.20. Yeah. They've got like all Your night to write evening. their articles. <laughs> yes. You know, they can like call people and like I'd get. I'll tell you yeah. what, man. I don't know, man. Just crazy. But. Yeah. Def- well, we're not I, on I would, the West Coast. No, we are not. We are not on the West Coast, and definitely grateful that I did stay up to watch the game. Oh, it was what great. a game it was! Did you Did you want to go to bed at halftime? Because oh, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I had plenty of friends text me said they did, and uh, actually, my roommate ended up. All my me and my roommates were watching it together, and my roommate Jared went to bed at halftime. He was like, "Yeah, Kansas looks horrible. This game's over." I mean, he wasn't wrong. He they were they looked horrible. I, I texted my buddy Zach Gray and. I was like, could we have a blowout? And he yeah. was like, we could. He's like, I don't think so. He's like, I Man. think Kansas will make a run to start. And he was right. They did. Yeah. Brown came out in the second half and just, you know, he actually was, made his layups because he, he got to he the did. rim whenever he, he wanted in the first half. It was a – talk about a tale of two halves. I mean, there, there's not a game that you can look at that would be a better description of that. Uh, absolutely nuts. I, I think it's telling – it was 22 to 22. It was. And, and North Carolina ends up – I mean, that's probably with, what, eight? Seven minutes to go, yeah, and a half, maybe six. I don't know, but and North Carolina just turned it on. Ended up being up by fifteen, and that's really thinking back. That's the only time of the game that they shot well. Because every yeah. other part, I mean, like a lot of their offense in the first half was get the ball to Baycott and let them foul Baycott because that's what seemed yeah. to happen every time. He had down. a ton of free throw attempts. Baycott did, and and they were in foul trouble early. I, I think was it uh, the, their two bigs. Their two bigs were both had. What's his name? Had three. Trouble. The guy off the bench. Was it Lightfoot? Um, Lightfoot, Lightfoot, he, yeah, he had three in the, the guy first who's half. been there for like eight years, yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> um, yeah, he had three. He didn't. I mean, some of those were some tough calls, but the you look at when North Carolina went on that run, it was when both of their bigs were out and they went small. North Carolina was, I mean, Baycott was. That's why he was getting fouled a lot too. After they both went out, is there's nobody to stop on the glass. North North Carolina out rebounded Kansas by twenty. It was fifty five is- to thirty five. And I think you, a lot of that that damage was done when both of those bigs were off the floor in the first half. If you had told me before the game started that North Carolina would out-rebound Kansas by 20, 
and Kansas's best player in Baji would only take nine shots, yep. I would have been like Kansas, or I would have been like Kansas lost by at least ten. Yeah, and the fact that they won that game, insane. And well, it, to take the rebounding stat even further, North Carolina out rebounded in terms of the O glass. It was twenty four offensive rebounds to Kansas's eight offensive rebounds. I mean, that is a ridiculous number. It is a ridiculous number, and you have six, sixteen more opportunities than Kansas does in that department. It, um, I, I believe that North Carolina took eight more shots on the game. Yeah, and the reason, part of the reason why um, that was only eight and not sixteen, they did turn the ball over more. They North did. Carolina did, and credit to Kansas for that. Um, that very thing. Yeah, they, they did much better in the second half, getting out and running in transition yeah. and pushing the ball up the yeah. floor. And look, when you're you know smaller. I mean, look, in my opinion, you want to push the ball anyway because that's how you can set mm-hmm. up some mismatches and things. Yeah. And, man, they, it just it was a rebound. Go. Yep. And it was, it which was is awesome. awesome to watch. Yeah. And a lot of those, like, that's how Brown got his layups early on, mm-hmm. too, because he would just take it coast to coast and yes, no, one stopped, no one stopped the ball. Yes, sir. And I think, so this is open to another can of worms, but you look at UNC and the rotations. They only really go six deep. Yep. Um, and those guys are getting tired. You, you saw there are times in transition, offensively and defensively for UNC, where guys would just kind of give up. And, and Kansas did a really good job, I think, realizing that early on. I mean, they went... It's not that Kansas... I mean, Kansas didn't really... I mean, they only played two more guys than North Carolina did. Yeah. But they just did... They, they had made a conscious effort to run with a purpose, right? Yes. So in the first half, I felt like they pushed the pace but not with the purpose. So it wasn't like with intent to attack. It was like, hey, let's just get the ball to the floor fast. They didn't really get anything out of it a lot of the times. Um, also, I think in the first half, Kansas was kind of looking for fouls. So they weren't taking... Yeah. When they did attack off the dribble, especially in the first half, they were looking for fouls, weren't really going very strong. And I think that's the difference in 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 terms of offensively, right? You said in transition is one. And then two, they really did a good job of attacking the paint with a purpose, with intent to finish and not with intent to get fouled. For sure, and that and they did a much better job of maybe it was because they had their bigs on the floor more in the second half. But you know, we were talking during the game. You know, it felt like Baycott didn't get nearly as many touches mm-hmm. in, in in that second half, yeah. which that's where all their offense came from in the first half. Yeah, yeah, and even and I, I felt like he definitely. I mean, he got less offensive rebounds, less looks. I was a little disappointed. And I think I mentioned this to you. Is when McCormick McCormick had his third foul. Um, and it was early. He picked up his third foul a minute into the second half. Golly, Kansas early. leaves him on the floor. Baycott has three separate opportunities over the next 10 minutes. He had a, he had a back to the bucket and decided to take a fadeaway 10-footer instead of going strong yeah. where they have been calling a decent amount on Kansas. And I was I was a little disappointing to see. And, and I you got to look, yeah, maybe that ankle was a reason why he was a little bit less aggressive in the second half. I mean, he had to go in at halftime and sit for, what, 20 minutes and then come back out um, in the second half. And you got to imagine all the work they did pregame, kind of, and you play 20 minutes on it, you have to sit for 20 minutes and for you sure. come back out. It, it's a different, you know, it definitely it tightens up, up on him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But just, you just, when he had those three opportunities to just go strong into McCormick, if you, if you get fouled, cool. It's not, you, you're going to, it's a higher, yeah. And it's a higher percentage shot, even if you're going oh, into him anyway. So, without a doubt. Because so, I just, you know, I didn't see North Carolina play a ton. But I think those were like the first fallaway jumpers I'd seen Baycott yeah. take in the entire tournament. Or just jumpers. Yeah, period. seriously, yeah. yeah. He had so much success early in the tournament, and a lot of that was around the rim because he's really good at it. Yeah, so, yes, he is. Yeah, that was... There's a reason why he's, you know, going to be a, you know, a, 
I'm not, I don't know what year he is. Is he a junior? I don't know. I don't I, know. Um, let me look here. He, I know just in general. Yeah, he is a junior. Good call. Yeah, so he'll, I mean, he'll go in the probably late first at the earliest just because of age. But yeah. I mean, like, he, he's going to play in the NBA and he's going to get good, yeah. meaningful minutes and yeah. he can score. I he, love him. Yeah, man. he can, man. And, and I think you look at what he did on the glass the last couple, just in, in terms of, yeah, he put up high rebound numbers. He also plays a ton of minutes at the big spot. So he should be putting up good rebound numbers, right? But his toughness, man, to the to entire have him, North Carolina team's toughness. You got mm, guys throwing yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, like it was just Yeah, Love rolled his ankle there. Yeah. Um yeah, Puff Johnson, which what a name, by the way. Oh, that's a dope name. Yeah, you had Puff <laughs> Johnson coming in for Leaky Black in the second half. I'm like, that is amazing. That is Those amazing. Those are two awesome names. But yeah, I, oh man, I and, and Puff Johnson played well. He, dude, give he him some big. credit. He, he was, was huge, huge off the bench. He had six boards, eleven points, and made some really big shots in the second half. So people, I think, look to oh man, North Carolina blew blew a fifteen point lead. Not only did they blow that, they blew it in ten minutes, and then Kansas took a seven point lead. It's not like that. This was they just tied Kansas just tied it up, and it was neck and neck the rest of the way. I mean, Kansas was up at seven, or up by seven. With like eight minutes to go, something like around uh-huh. that. Yeah, and UNC, what a I mean, credit there. I mean, you mentioned toughness, mental toughness, even to to give up a fifteen point lead, be down seven, and guys like Puff Johnson stepping up and making some really big plays down the stretch, and just mental toughness wise, like that is I think the pinnacle. It of is when you lose yeah. a lead like that, all momentum is is not you know in your favor. Kansas has got all the momentum. The fans, their fans are going nuts, and they really bore down there late uh, and, and fought back and, you know, started swinging some haymakers back. So and yeah, they just, they just didn't shoot it well enough. No, no. I, at, at the end of the day, 31% from the floor. That's not going to win many games. 20, 22% from three. The <sighs> only guy yeah. to make multiple three pointers for North Carolina was Manic, who I felt like got one or maybe two looks in the second half. He did only get one or two looks because I had him to score 15 points in my parlay. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. He, I thought he was fantastic. Um, probably Dude, defensively, he was he awesome. Had, he had four blocks. Uh, they called one of his blocks was a horrible goaltending call. Yeah, it wasn't even oh, close to a goaltending. So and that would have been his fifth block. Yeah, and yeah, he was kind of all over the place defensively. He had, I think, thirteen rebounds as well. Yes, um, <laughs> thirteen, 13 and thirteen. Yeah, so that was, and, and I think he was four for eight from the floor, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And he he obviously made those threes in the first half. He's one of their better. And that's kind of when they stretched it out. I mean, yeah. he's yeah, he's also a guy who's been around for a long time. Yes, yes, and and that and that does matter. I mean, I, we'll get to that later. Um, but that matters for sure. And and specifically, Abaji from Kansas is an example of that, like kind of sticking around and being a journeyman in college basketball, which is rare these days. But yeah, man, he did not get looks, man. And I, you could credit Kansas defense. You could also point to man UNC really wasn't playing. They weren't basketball in the second half offensively, dude. And I just, it was just I don't one-on-one. know what happened. And like, cause you know, Kansas obviously defended better in the second half, but they didn't defend that much better. No, and I think in general they were more aggressive defensively. Yes, like, and the refs kind of let them play a little bit more. Um, there weren't as many TikTok TikTok fouls on Kansas in uh, the second half, but yeah, it's not that they were that much better. I I think the main difference is they did start to re- rebound the ball better. Kansas, they did. did. Because yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of North Carolina's O boards, I believe, were in the first half. So they were most of them were. I think they, they finished possession. I think better. that on on the broadcast, I think they said that they had eight more eight more offensive rebounds in the first half 
or something like that. It yeah. was, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, mo- most of it was in the first half. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is just having um, McCormack on the floor more, who was awesome mm-hmm. in the second half. He was, uh, yeah. I mean, two, he was he was their bucket two, guy. Two big shots, Down, man. Yeah. Two big shots. And credit to him uh, getting an O board um, in a situation like that. You just, there's there is so much to talk about this game. It was, it that has to have been one of the better championship games that's that's ever been. It has to be. In, I just, in I that like, conversation. I mean, I I'm know. not going to say the best. My, my but, thing is, uh, looking back on it, the game just feels like it was really sloppy. Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah. Like, I don't know, I, I think it was honestly just like a perfect picture of what college basketball is. Mm. Like, neither team really plays a full, consistent no. 40 minutes, right? Obviously, Kansas, those first 20 minutes were just bad. That was terrible. And the first 10 minutes of the second half, North Carolina was bad. Because, like, once the game was close. I felt like both teams kind of like settled in and they were just back and forth there mm. for a minute. Yeah. And it was just it was just this really up and down affair of like high level basketball and then just terrible basketball. Yeah. No, it was a weird mix. Two, those are two weird things to mix. The the reason why I say um it, it's a, it's going to be in the conversation. I don't know if we even have a say in that. Like it will be mainly because of the Kansas being down by 15 in the NCAA tournament yeah, the, specifically. The largest comeback in yep. national championship history. Yep. That's from, true. From, yeah. yeah. And so, like, I think just be, just because of that sole fact, I mean, teams that are down 15 or more at half in the NCAA tournament history, like not just the championship, in history, are eight and like 452. That's insane. And Kansas made it nine of 452. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just, you know, or 453. I mean, it is insane that's like that stat alone is is insane. So yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you 100%, man. There was some really sloppy basketball being played and seeing Caleb Love, seeing RJ Davis play the worst games of their college careers it feels it like. It was disgusting to watch. And especially especially down the stretch. Especially the Caleb Love shots. Oh man. And I, you you hit the nail on the head a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Bruins of UCLA and you said you didn't trust them. Because they had a bunch of tough shot makers, mm-hmm. which means they take bad shots. Yes. And that was ultimately like their their demise. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Love fits like right into that category. Yep. And yeah, I just the thing is, you know, my my saying is there's no such thing as a bad shot when it goes in. Yeah. But when it doesn't go in, then it's a horrible shot. And Caleb Love had a bunch of those. He, it is it is a shocking and honestly just gets my blood pumping as a as a coach, as someone who's been around the game most of my life. Five for twenty four. From the floor, That's from just, one player who is not a first round talent. Who he's not give him cr- in fairness to him, he is the reason. I mean, you said it well. He or you said you texted me last night and said he's the reason that he's they're, they're there. there. Yeah, he he was fantastic. But it's you're riding the roller coaster of your living and dying by the by the ability to make these not great looks. Right, they're you're taking bad shots. So his biggest asset as a player, Caleb Bluff, is he can make tough shots. He is really, really good at it, high level, but that means he's going to take a lot of bad shots. And yeah. last night was probably the worst way that could have gone. Is oh, you to take yes. 24 shots? 24. And you make five of them? And, and uh, he, layups. He took, I mean, it wasn't just threes, dude. He was. He took he was, eight threes. He was missing layups. He was. He was missing floaters. He was. And he turned oh, it man. over four times. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, and, you know, not a great game for him in general. That's a. Nice but way to put that. You, no, and I, I, I was trying to reference like defensively. I didn't like it. I didn't like yeah. his effort defensively, and part of that may have been fatigue and, um, and rolling the ankle early, maybe. Yeah, potentially. I mean, that was early second half. But so I, I think in general, 
when you're looking at a player like Caleb Love, the way you need to coach them or like, it's not, hey, it, it, there's a balance because you can't say, hey, you're not allowed to shoot. You're only allowed to take really, really open shots because his, you know, he's, he's good enough at making tough shots that you can't say, hey, you can only take wide open shots because that team needs him to take some of the shots he does. And that showed in the Elite Eight, in the Sweet 16. Like yeah. that showed, right, against Baylor. That showed. But you also need to say, hey, once you go 5 for 15, 5 for 18. When you realize it's not Maybe nice. start getting other people involved. Yeah. Right? For sure. We'll say, hey, as a coach, I'll, I'm going to allow you to take those shots. But if you're going to miss 10, 10 you, of them. You got to do something else. Decide. Hey, and, we got Brady Manick, who's four for eight for the game, and who's the only guy from North Carolina that shot under 50 or over or at 50% or more. Yeah. How, why not try to give him the ball? He's for a sure. guy that can't yeah. create by himself. So, like, you're driving to the bucket, great. I mean, he actually did a good job of being aggressive and going to the rim, but he would just kind of throw up a shot, hope to get fouled. And the rest, yeah. And then can't just sure. get a board and they're going the other way. Yes. And that's right? the thing. Bad, so, People talk about turnovers because, like, obviously turnovers lead to easy buckets. But when you're playing a team like Kansas who wants to play fast, bad shots lead to easy buckets. 100%. And we we saw that in in the second half. And the other thing, too, because I think you're right. Like, you know, Caleb Love wasn't great defensively either. And I, I want to talk about Brown a little bit more from Kansas just because yeah. he had a terrible first half. He had what, f- four points. Mm-hmm. But he he grabbed so many rebounds. He had 12 rebounds as a, game. As a two guard. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at Caleb Love— like, the only thing that pops out on the stat line is the fact that he took 24 shots. He had three mm-hmm. rebounds, only had, like, two assists. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, we talk about liking teams in the tournament who can win in multiple ways. But you also want players who can help you win in multiple ways. You can't just— Yeah, that if they if they have a bad shooting night, how are they contributing elsewhere? Yeah, are they great like, on the defensive look end? Look at R.J. Davis. Yeah. R.J. Davis, 5 for 17. That's a, that's a horrible shooting night for him, right? He, he had 12 rebounds. 12 rebounds as, as a, a point guard. guard. Yeah. That is a player that is not shooting the ball well, but there's always a but. He's got 13 boards. As yeah. a That's huge. It is huge. It's massive. In a game where your center is rolled ankle, he's he's not doing great on that in that sense. Like you needed a guy to step up leaky black. The reason why he had zero rebounds is because he was basically face guarding a body. You needed yeah. somebody, you know, that third guy. You knew Manic and you knew Baycott were gonna get boards. You need one other guy to kind of kind of clean that up. So yeah, yeah. I dude, I I don't know. It just gets me fired up. I, I'm not a huge fan of players like Caleb Love. Um, Carson Edwards was the same way at Purdue. Yep. I mean, he's a guy that can win you games. J.D. Notte is the same guy at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But his shot taking can shoot you out of game. So it's like you're so reliant on one player. Like one player has way too much control over the outcome of the game. Yeah, for way sure. Way too much. And you're so dependent on just that one thing. So I, I, I personally like teams that are more consistent, um, more efficient, right? Taking... I'm not again. You you can't tell Caleb Love that he can't take some of those shots because he yeah. is good at them. But once you realize it's not your night, you have to be able to accept that. And that's the thing, you know. There's there's a part of me that loves the confidence to take 24 shots, even though you In only the championship make five. Game that is wild. That's insane. That's an insane level of confidence. That is wild. And so there's a part of me that like admires the confidence, but at the same time, like you have to know. Mm. And especially when a guy like Manic gets off to the start that he does mm-hmm. and then doesn't take like any shots in the second half. Yeah. And dude, talk about feeling bad for guys. Him tripping and falling because oh. he was going to be wide open. And he, I think, is the only guy that he's a senior. They don't have any other seniors on that team. Yeah. North Carolina could run it back next they year. They could. They could. And goodness. I mean, that's if Baycott stays. Yeah. But 
just feel so bad for him because the coach drew up. I mean, two options. Play. One was to get love the ball, but I think Manic was the first look. You could see the inbounder. Oh, His yeah. first look was Manic, and, and he tripped, and he was going to be open. Oh, oh man, he was going to have a look, and he's going to have a look. The way he'd been shooting the ball, like I'd have, I'd have been like, he's in love, it. bro. Dude. I mean, yeah, the step back fade away from thirty double, feet. Yeah, double pump. Golly, he was five for twenty three at that point, and yeah, in my head I was thinking, yeah, welcome to five for twenty four. <laughs> so I, I think too, we we kind of just as a, I think people who watch college basketball, you know, the NCAA community, kind of ignored the writing on the or signs, I guess, that North Carolina could. Blow leads. Look at the Baylor game. Actually, yeah. I have a story. I have a story about the Baylor and NC game. I Baylor was down so much in the second half. I went to the gym. So I was like, this game is over. Not a chance. Yeah. That that Baylor's, you know, gonna come back. Like they're down 20 with like 10 minutes to go or whatever it was. And so I go to the gym. I work out at Peak Fitness over in Broderpool nice. off of Benford, right? Shout out. And shout out, yeah, shout out Peak Fitness. <laughs> And they got some TVs in there. So I was just kind of keeping track. And C. Manic got ejected. He got a flagrant too. And Baylor, all of a sudden, like they started starts creeping press. back in the game, right? So, so yeah, and exactly. And, and you look at what Kansas did last night. But I, so I walk up to, so the TVs are over by the bikes, right? In the gym. And I, <laughs> I hop on the bike. I'm not a big cardio guy, right? Not a big cardio Who guy. Who is? I, I don't not. know. Special I'm breeds not. of people. Special, special breeds of people. So I hop on the bike and I tell myself, I'm pretty persistent, dude. Like when I say something, it's going, it's going to happen. I'm going to do it. I was like, I'm going to stay on this bike until the end of the game. There are four minutes left in the game in, in regulation. And UNC had, I think what was like a nine, eight point lead. And I'm like, all right, yeah, this game's going to be over in probably 20 minutes, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. Of course, the game goes to OT. <laughs> yeah. There are several reviews, and I stayed on the bike the whole time. My total ride time was 47 minutes. Which is ridiculous. Which is insane. And the one thing that I kept thinking to myself, and, and keep in mind, I'm on the bike. I hate cardio. I kept going because I was like, I'm going to let my yes be yes. Like I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay. I hate cardio. I was trying to distract myself, right? Because you're just dying. At like 30 oh, minutes, yeah. you're dying. This oh, is a ridiculous yeah. amount of time to be on a bike <laughs> for anybody. And another thing, bike seats. Dude, bike seats are so Suck. uncomfortable. They're, They're so uncomfortable. For I don't know how bikers do it. I don't either. Because I get uncomfortable after five minutes, let alone oh, yeah. just 45-hour, two-hour rides. Just it's looking insane. at the seat, it's it's a wedgie waiting to happen. It is. It is. It's just so uncomfortable. I don't know. So throughout my pain of just doing cardio in general, throughout my, my butt hurting because the seats are just so uncomfortable, you watch <laughs> the up and the down of UNC. You watch, hey— they blew a huge lead. They were up 20, 10 minutes to go in the game. Yeah. Guess what? They were up 15 at halftime against Kansas. Then the two things that you saw that were similar is Baylor full-court pressure, got them out of rhythm on, on offense. Yep. And another thing that, that no one really talked about, they did a re- Kansas did a really, really good job in the second half. Obviously, we talk about ball pressure. We talk about full-court, whatever. They denied R.J. Davis the ball in the inbounds. A lot of the, or like, they basically didn't want him to bring it up the court. They wanted Love to have the ball in his hands. Why? Because he can't pass. He's yeah. a shot taker. He's not a pass maker. Yeah. Bars. He, so, <laughs> that's why, that, and they did a great job of that. And I think that's why you see Love take 24 shots is, in his mind, he has the ball. Oh, I'm going to attack. Yeah. If you take the ball out of the point guard's hands, which they did, which Baylor did yeah. in that game as well, they kind of just took him away. And look what happened to UNC's offense, right? It fell apart. It did. 
It did. So credit to them. Sorry for the long story. No, but I forgot to cool. tell that yeah. last time about yeah, you're right. just how much I hate cardio. I didn't even think. Bikes. I guess you're right. They did have Kate. They didn't make love bring it up. Mm-hmm. I never even noticed that. Yeah. Because Remy Martin were, did a great job on him. When you were talking about it, I was like, it wasn't really like, you know, in the Baylor game, it was like legit full court pressure. Whereas yep. Kansas was, it was kind of sneaky. It was a light pressure. Yeah. yeah. And j- like just enough to take you out of rhythm. Speaking of which, this is, we're going to get off topic. If I'm coaching in the NBA, <laughs> I I am doing that 100%. Not just because, like, obviously, those, you know, it, those guards in the NBA, they actually can pass the ball, and you're probably not going to force turnovers, but you get into your offense later, and yes. everything feels rushed. Yes. So instead of, you know, starting your, your set with, you know, uh, 20 or with 20 seconds left on the shot clock, now you're starting it with 14 seconds left. Yeah. And so there's just this difference. added pressure. Yeah. And so— Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Sorry, I just— I've always had no, that, that thought. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, no, that's a great point. So I, d- I think the last thing that I, I mean, I'm sure you've got some points left. The last thing that I wanted to point to, you kind of, we kind of talked about a little bit with Arkansas, just a small rotation, just the six guys, the, the six guy rotation from UNC. And that only so really tough. because of leaky blacks foul trouble that Puff Johnson played as much as he did. And granted, he did a great job. He did. Um, offensively, Puff Johnson did, but what is that role does like what role does fatigue play in Seriously. both offensive transition defensive transition um all the easy shots in transition for North Carolina got taken away in the second half because they're just so fatigued yeah. they're not going to be pushing the pace cuz Kansas was, was was pushing the pace and they were struggling to get back on defense so yeah. it was this and you see you see the missed shots you think hey that has to play a role that oh for sure RJ yeah. Davis and Caleb Love are Pretty much being picked up full court, and a, that whatever Kansas number three from Kansas, I don't know his name. He didn't do that much. He scored two points. I think he had three assists. He did a fantastic job defensively. Yeah, Harris, fantastic Harris. He was fantastic on both Love and R.J. Davis, and just made their jobs really, really difficult. Yeah, and, and that had to have affected. Oh, for sure. Um, what's crazy to me. Is that Baycott almost played forty minutes on a rolled ankle? That's wild. And because you know when you because you're right about the six man rotation, and you look at McCoy, who's the only forward to come off the bench. Yeah. And I because you know uh, J- Push Johnson's a guard. Yeah. And I just once again like their their toughness is it's on another level. Yeah, man, that's that's huge. And credit to those players because they're being asked to do a lot. They are, yeah. Let's play six games at really high levels, and they and did you're playing most of. Most of the game, most of those games, most of the games all season. So seriously, yeah, I, uh, yeah, and dude, when Baycott rolled his ankle at the end, fifty seconds left, one point game. He's driving he's going to the bucket. He's driving into McCormick, who's in foul trouble, and he's gonna get a high percentage look. Yep, and like what a what have a, you seen the video of his? Yeah, of the, the floor slow-mo. caving in. Oh no, I did not. Yeah, so there's been if. So on Twitter, it's a big thing on Twitter. I know you're not a, you're not a Twitter. Not guy. as big on Twitter, right? No. So there's there's the video, and you know they're they're not playing the game like where where like the Pelicans play. They're playing where the Saints play. Yeah, that's right. And so you know they've got like the court Dude. that they have to put together there. And there's been a huge thing on Twitter about how basically they need to play those games in basketball arenas, so stuff like that didn't happen. Wow. And which is really, which I get that like they'll never do that because it's about money and they had 69,000 people yep. there last they night. Need to have people in the seats, yeah. But 
at the same, yeah, I just, it was, it's an interesting thing because like when people were putting it out there, I was like, did, did it happen or, I don't know if you've seen the Zion video, but it looks yes. like yeah, the uh, floor caves, mm-hmm. but it's like his shadow. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, it, like, did the floor actually move or is it just like a weird shadow thing kind of like with the Zion thing? But pretty sure that it floor actually moved, did. Yeah. which is a shame. It's such a big moment where I just look at that and if he goes and finishes that. They're up one. They're up one with 50 seconds to go. And 77 to 73 is still alive. Oh, man. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's right. The exact Golly. score, man. Um, yeah, I... And you look at late in the game, how not only you, I look at that, and then the second thing I look at is how does Kansas turn the ball over with four seconds left? He just stepped out of bounds. Stepped out of bounds. And I, I, I don't know why they would. I don't know if they drew it up to well, to the, get him the, the ball going down the right. sideline. I, I, um, I, I forget who was calling the game, but you want your guard getting the ball heading, heading towards your heading towards North Carolina's basket. Like I don't want him retreating into the corner. And you so the don't idea want him of, in the corner no. of him having. You know, a head full of steam, like to, to you know, get down the court. I I liked that part of it, but just way too close to the sideline. Yeah, I actually, you know, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I didn't like that he was going full steam. Really? Because here's the thing: four point three seconds left. You're up by three. Where are you going? Like, why why do you need to go there? Why do you need to be going full full steam? Basically, you can get a catch, get double teamed. There's you four have seconds a, left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's four seconds. So. You definitely don't want to be in the corner. You don't want to yeah. be anywhere near the sidelines, period, though. Yeah. Like, if you get a catch anywhere within 10 feet of the sidelines, I would say you're in a good position. Like, you can just get a catch, wrap up, make sure they're not going to be a jump ball or anything, yeah. and still be strong with the basketball. But I think situations where you drop a play to get a guy running full speed down the sideline is a situation where you're going to turn the ball. It just yeah. it brings a turnover into play. Um, so I actually didn't like... I don't again. I don't know if they drew it up that way, or if that's just kind of the read, like he read. Yeah, you know, I don't know. or he just was going to space. I don't know. But also, I, I love how, you know, last week when you were on, I was talking crap about Bill Self only having one national championship. You were, you were like, oh man, it's Bill Self guy. He's kind of overrated. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and I thought he was. I thought he did a horrible job in the first half. Yeah, the first half was rough. I thought he was terrible. But I the adjustments were there though. In the second half. Dude, he did a great job. I don't know what he said. Like, the body language for Kansas wasn't great in the first half. Like, they were dead, dude. They were dead in the water. I just, I don't understand that. Just and like, I don't as, know what as he a said. guy who, you know, played sports growing up and everything, I just, how do you come out flat in the national championship game? It's not even, it's not even the came Like, they came out and they went on, they were up 7-0 to start the game. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. weird to see a team go... So that's not necessarily coming off flat. Like, they just became flat for the entire, you know, th- th- last, you know, three-fourths of the first half. And I don't know. I don't know what he said to them. I don't know if, you know, what he gave them as a carrot to play harder. But, man, they were a different team. They were. Uh, they played like, defensively. I think we did talk about on the pod last time about how Kansas was a lot higher defensively in the Kempom rankings than mm-hmm. we thought. They, they turned it on that, the second hey, half, dude, man. That's one of the game. Like you, and you mentioned earlier, you get stops and then they're running. Leads to easy buckets. Easy buckets. Like stops and easy buckets equals you're back in the game. You you blinked at the start of the second half. And it was it was a ball game. And because they was just missed shot. We're going. We're Ooh. going. Mm-hmm. And 
Which look, I love teams that play up and down like that. Mm-hmm. That's part of what makes college basketball so great is you can do that. Whereas I feel like in the NBA, especially in the playoffs, game kind of slows down. Yeah. But yeah. You know, that's yeah, I, I just it was a great game. It like, was. All, it, all in all, it was a great game. Do I wish it had been prettier? Yes. But at the same time, you know, the yeah. next, it's tough a three to ask, deficit. Tough you know? to ask for, you know, North Carolina having three 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 pointers yeah. attempts to tie up the game at the end of the game. Yeah. Right. They had Love took a horrendous volleyball line three with 16 seconds left. When you don't even need a three. You don't. You don't. You can take it to the bucket. North, or Kansas is not going to try to foul you. They're going to probably get out of the way, give up a probably wide-open layup because um, they don't want to give up an and one. So they're going to probably give you a layup, extend the game, make them make free throws. Newsflash, Abaji was two for seven from the free throw line. They were like, they were eight for 14 on the game. Kansas. I mean, how are you not saying, hey, not only, not only, Dude, there it's a one and one. It is. If they foul, so if North Carolina goes and finishes it's a one point game, you have a one and one. Yep. Golly. The odds of them making the both of them are low, but the first the first free throws, there's a ton of pressure on oh, you know, yes. added to that. So yeah, Caleb Love takes a horrible shot. Offensive rebound. Puff Johnson, I actually don't mind that shot. Once you get down to below eight seconds, which is when Puff took that shot, you're you shouldn't. Like if he drives it from there, he's gonna score with five seconds left. If you foul right away, there's two. There's going to be four. Yeah, there's going to be four minutes or four seconds tops left, and you're going to be talking about a heave or having to make a long pass, which is unlikely. But yeah, so I don't mind Puff Johnson's shot, and then Manic got a rebound on that, just threw it out of bounds. Yeah, but Kansas gives it right back. I mean, so you had three chances, three shot attempts, and if you add in Manic's turnover, that's really four chances that they had to potentially. Tied at the end. So, really fun game. For sure. Really, really fun game. Like you said, ugly. But, yeah, glad I stayed up. Glad all of my indie folks stayed up and and watched the game. Well worth it. Last thing on college basketball before we move on. Do you know who in Vegas are the favorites to win the national championship next year? There's there's three teams that that are tied for it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Arkansas. They are. Because you're asking, Jonathan. That's right. so Arkansas, yeah. Kansas, and Duke are open okay. as open as the three favorites plus okay. thirteen hundred. Wow, Hogs, man, we're coming. I mean, just saying, no, especially as Note, he's he's declared for the draft. Did he, I don't blame did him. he sign with an agent? Yes, he did. Okay, so which I don't gone. blame him. He's you know I, at first I was like, man, like I really wish he'd come back because he could definitely get better. But with the guys we have coming in, his role is going to change. Yeah. And it's it feels Maybe a it's lot better like, for the young guys too. If he's yeah. gone, like it, it a, might be a, a heavy shot attempt guy. So. Yeah. We could develop I, a little bit more. And plus, in, on top of that, you know, so Arkansas had Mason Jones a few years ago who just had, like, the year of his life. And he had one year of, of eligibility left. But there was this, there's this sense of you can't have a better year than what you just had. Mm. And so there's no point in coming back. And so I, I'm, I'm here for Note leaving, I think. Whoever gets him, he's a guy who could, you know, he, he's a guy who can come off the bench in the NBA and score. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, see him in that role. There's, yeah. there's not a lot of guys like that. You know, Jordan Clarkson comes to mind. Yeah, um, like it just instant offense. Jordan Poole, yeah, guys like that. Yeah. And so he he, he can definitely do that at, at the next level. It'll be, he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, but yeah, they got some dudes coming in. I'm I'm excited. Dude, that's that's really exciting, and and glad that Vegas is just excited as excited or, or thinks as highly of Arkansas as you do. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I, one, my last thought was like, actually, it's kind of twofold twofold thought here. First one. Just in general, college like number one, what a year oh, for college yes. basketball. And I actually think it's way better that you didn't have a consensus this team's gonna win. Oh, for sure. Like I yeah. love that it was like 
there were like 12 to 14 teams that you'd be like, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. Most year, it's like there are two teams, maybe three, that are like, yeah, these guys are just way better than everybody else. And I think it's awesome for college basketball to see that. Number two, I like how a team that has a guy like Obaji that stayed for four years. Oh, yes. You had a light foot that stayed for for way more than four years. I think he was like his fifth or sixth. (laughs) And it's not just a ton of one-and-dones. Like, they did it with three stars and four stars. Kansas did. Yeah. And they did it with three stars, four stars, and then a couple guys that kind of hung around and, yeah. and well, you know, ran their own race, if you will, uh, in college basketball, which is a lot different than how the game has trended, which is get to the league as fast as you can. We're going to—someone used the word—use the phrase immediate gratification. I'm going to try to get where I'm trying to go as fast as possible. Yeah. And Abaji was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better. Yes. Right? I'm going to be under great, a, a good coaching staff, um, develop, <laughs> and then become have one of the better years that a Kansas player has yeah. had, and then ended up with the championship. I mean, that's awesome. Glad um, that was a reward, the, rewarded. The transfer portal has really changed that in terms of yeah. guys, you know, at mid-major levels who are good enough to play at, you know, the Power 5 level or whatever. They're mm-hmm. able to move up and play immediately. Um, on You have the, the NIL stuff now, I think, is going to help even more with guys staying. Agreed. Because... Um, Oscar Shibway in at Kentucky, if NIL wasn't a thing, I believe he's coming back. If NIL wasn't a thing, he'd be going to try and play in the league so he can make money. Whereas mm-hmm. now p- playing at Kentucky, he's going to be able to make maybe more money than what he would have in his rookie on his rookie deal. That's true. Yeah. And so, so it's, that is, that it's is really changed that. Yeah. And then okay, last thing on college basketball for real. I need the NCAA rules committee to fix one thing for me. Mm-hmm. They have got to fix the block charge call. It How just so? it drives me crazy. Just and look like you know Jalen Williams at Arkansas, like he's my guy because he because he wears the Arkansas yeah, jersey. But man, he's just like if if I rooted for anybody else, I would hate him because he he slides in late and like he's mm. still moving. Yeah. And my my thing is, I think that the people who don't watch basketball, college basketball through the entire year, they don't watch because there's a lack of offense. Mm. And I feel like a lot of the rules benefit the defense, and the block charge calls one for sure. Like unless you're absolutely set. Guys coming in out of control. Yeah, call a block. Plus, what's what's more fun to watch? Jalen Williams standing here taking a charge, or this guy goes up to dunk on him, and Jalen Williams has to go up because if yeah. he doesn't, he's gonna it, get dunked on. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I kind of like just had a moment where I thought of like, what's the difference between taking a charge and going straight up, like verticality? What do you mean? Well, like I'm saying, if you're not going to, if you're not going to take a charge. What what are your options? You can go try to block the shot, which is what you, I want to see, or, or or which I would rather see. This what I'm about to say <laughs> is the verticality rule where they're going straight up, and like the referees have to respect that space. Like they're just going to go straight up, not so. Like anytime you bring your arm, hand, whatever down at all, the refs could call a foul if there is contact, illegal contact. But if you're straight up, they're not, or they shouldn't most yeah. of the time call a foul like that. So I don't know. You can't take it out. I yeah. think giving it less, um, okay, like like making sure that it's, you're giving it less, because because people milk the heck out of that dude. They and, do, and it's like if you call it once, people are going to start looking for it more and more and more, and yeah, and and opposing fan bases will be like, well, that was a charge over here, then why wasn't it here? Blah blah blah. Yeah. So I I agree that it maybe needs to be adjusted because uh, that yeah, kind of takes away from some of the integrity of. But man. the the NBA is probably too block heavy, whereas a. The NBA is too block heavy, and college basketball is too yep. charge. Meet in the middle, and they Meet need the to like they need to bring it back a little bit. Meet so in the middle. That's my big thing. But 
Yeah, overall great season, and you did mention the NBA. Uh, I did. I know that you wanted to talk. I do about LeBron's LA Lakers. Lakers. I just, oh my gosh, I, I did a whole thing on it the other day, and you, if if they lose tonight, they're done. They're out. Yep. Which yep. is facing elimination. And I, I'm going to check real quick and see if there's any word on if LeBron's going to play. Oh, I, if he if he doesn't, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be a little upset. I. They're two of eight in their last 10 games. <laughs> they're playing the Suns tonight, too. Oh, oh yeah, they're going to. And <laughs> guess what? For our West Coast friends, it starts at 10.30 p.m. So LeBron James is not playing. Is he not? He's not playing. Why? It's, it just says that he's out. I'm assuming it's the ankle thing, but he played against the Pelicans the other night. The season's over. On a bad ankle. And I just, it just. Frank Vogel will get fired. Westbrook. Frank Vogel is going to get fired. And it's oh, not he is. They've fault. already, like, came out and yeah. pretty much implied it. I. <sighs> Dude, Magic Johnson came on the air. I forget what show it was. I think it was first take. And oh, yeah, he said that the, instead of Westbrook, the Lakers could have gotten DeRozan, Buddy Heald, and Caruso. Here's my thing. DeMar DeRozan doesn't what? have the year. Well, DeMar DeRozan was, he, he's a free agent. And so was Caruso. And who was the last guy, Buddy Heald? Buddy Heald was not. He I, was he was available, though. He was available for trade, yeah. And I, I obviously, look, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you can't tell me that DeMar DeRozan has the same kind of year in L.A. that he had this year in Chicago because he's part of the reason no, why he was so no. great in Chicago is because, one, all the injuries that Chicago had, and two, the offense is designed for DeMar DeRozan to do what he does best, Fair. and that's hit, mid, hit jumpers in the mid-range. And his, his playmaking ability, oh, my gosh, he's gotten so much better. Yes. And whereas if he's in— he's not gonna, Yeah, he wouldn't have had the same year, no doubt. He wouldn't have had the ball in his hands anywhere near as much. I will say— Adding, having a guy like Caruso, Buddy Heald, and DeRozan compared to just Westbrook. Oh, of course, yes. But I agree with you're saying that people can take it out of context and say, well, imagine adding DeRozan, who's averaging what twenty seven, he's twenty six a game. So he's good. been a, he's been a beast. Uh, you make a fair point. He is their number one option. He's going to be their number three option in L A. because you got LeBron. Yeah, he and is. D. So, uh, yeah, I, just in in general, I feel like. This, I mean, it hurts LeBron's legacy, number one. It does. Number two, I think you look at the acquisition of Westbrook. You look at them not re-signing some of the younger players. They just have no depth, dude. No depth. Like, zero depth. And they're old. And, like, I, this has been driven into the ground. But, look, when you're playing in the NBA at 36, 37, like Carmelo Anthony and LeBron mm-hmm. and Westbrook's, what, 34? Something like that, yeah. And... When you're, you know, it's very different. You just, you don't have as much. It's like your your miles per gallon are lower. Yeah, no, that's okay. you just that's good. you don't you don't last as you just don't last as long. No, and unfortunately for the Lakers, yeah, yeah, and that's I think that's what we saw happen. On top of that, you got a guy in Anthony Davis who can't stay on the floor because he can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You have a guy in LeBron who, you know, he's older now, so he's battled some injuries and things like that. And I think that part of the reason why they went and got Westbrook is because he's a high motor guy. And look, I have talked badly about Russell Westbrook in the past, but I will never, ever discredit his motor. That's one of the reasons why I like watching him mm-hmm. play because I know mm-hmm. he's going to, whether it's Monday night in April or it's Game 7 of the finals, I know he's bringing it, you Thank know? You. And you. Which I love that about him. I, I think part of the reason why they went and got him was because of that. He's just shot yeah. the ball so terribly that it hasn't mattered. Yeah, and just offensively, he's not been great from the floor. He actually, I mean, get, I, I think we need to look at his last, he he did go on a stretch where he was putting up some decent numbers. Oh, his but, last game was awesome. He was like 11-15 yeah, from the field. Yeah, not, and, yeah. So, I, I, 
people jump to blame one person. I hate to say this out loud. LeBron, and I think it was Brian Winhorst that, that first kind of put illustrated this. Look at LeBron's career. Every four years, he moves the team, essentially. He does. And he leaves that team with less draft picks and absolutely exhausted emotionally. Yep. Of, and it's weird to have a franchise player be so good on paper and be physically probably the most gifted, athletic, uh, talented player that this league has seen. One of, one of. Definitely in the top five in that sense of just pure athleticism, 6'9", 250. Can shoot, can pass, can rebound, can dribble, like everything. To see a guy be kind of like a, a black hole to a to an organization. And Lakers got who he wanted, right? They went and got AD. They went and got Melo. He had to have a say in the Westbrook trade. Like, got his guys that he wanted. And, and I mean, granted, he's won some championships. I get it. I get it. I know he has. He's won one, and honestly, if we don't have the three-month break between, you know, the do, COVID do they bubble, win? do they win? Do they win? I, I think it's a fair question. Now, at the same time, That's like, an asterisk championship. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I, it is interesting looking at the Lakers in that sense of looking. I don't want to say lack of leadership, but he's put up phenomenal numbers and his team hasn't won games. Like, they haven't won games, and they've got, I understand, injuries. I get all that. Part of that is on Frank Vogel. Like, their coaching staff hasn't done enough. Like, GM has got to look LeBron in the face and say, say no to some of these things or, he like, does. or like you give other options. You can't because he's LeBron. Yeah, but you look at, hey, how'd that work out? Like, Seriously, the team that yeah. go— Two and ten in their last ten, and all of those are must-win games. Must-win. You're fighting for your life. Like this team is dead. They are. They are. They're dead. Like they're going to lose tonight. No, <laughs> okay? if they don't, somehow they don't. They're the gonna, Suns aren't resting They'll find a way. Either. They'll find a way to to not be in the plan, even if they make it to the plan. They have to win two games just to be the eight seed. Seriously, that's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen. I love. I love how the Suns aren't resting anybody tonight. That's awesome. I just. Because you know, because my, my thing leading up to it was, look, if the Lakers figure out a way to get in, like they do have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. so they could make noise just because of that. And I just love how the Suns are like, we're just not going to let that happen. Well, I like that. <laughs> I like that from Phoenix, man, and Monty. But, yeah, I I don't so, know. It, it's going to feel weird without LeBron in the playoffs. It is. But they and don't deserve to be in. Like their don't. Teams have played much better than them. You know, look at a team like the Spurs. Hard. They and don't, that's, dude. And that's the thing where we, we look at— You can't feel bad for them. We look at the second-seeded Memphis Grizzlies who play harder than anybody, and they have one single superstar in John Morant. Yep. And then we look at the Lakers who are just—they're lazy. There's just there's no other way to put it. So mm-hmm. I, I did a whole thing on this on Monday, so I'm going to go over some of it again. Mm-hmm. Um, they are 22nd in defensive rating. And look, defense in the NBA is strictly effort. And when you have— Essentially. That's, that's really what it is because yeah. you can't guard— you know, 95% mm-hmm. of the guys in the NBA. It's strictly, are you at least trying to get a hand up? Yeah. And so they're they're not working defensively. They're 21st in defensive rebound rate. When you have guys like Dwight, ha- wow. Dwight Howard, who's playing 15, 16 minutes a night, a guy in LeBron James is one of the best rebounding small forwards we've ever mm-hmm. seen, mm-hmm. a guy in Anthony Davis who, when he does play, rebounds really well. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. One of the best well, out of his position. Seriously. And you can't you can't rebound better. That's insane. And I just it's and look rebounding and defense, especially in the NBA, it is it's all effort. Mm-hmm. And they they turn the ball over. It, yeah. 
They, they turn the ball over a lot. They give up the second most amount of fast break points per game in the NBA. Yeah, LeBron gets fouled and he just stands on the other end. If he doesn't get a call, he'll just stand on the other end. He will. That and yeah. you know, there's there's no effort to get back on yeah, defense. That's effort as well. And mm-hmm. I, I think the other thing too is I'm going to compare them to the Grizzlies because I think they're totally opposite in terms of cultures. Memphis shows up every night absolutely locked in, whether John Morant's in the lineup or they not. They bring energy too, man. And they, they bring just, juice. And I love their coach. I think yeah, he's, I he's part of it. I do too. And they show up and they're locked in and they're ready to go. And so they don't turn the ball over because mentally they're locked in as well. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. and like it's the same thing with the Lakers. Like they turn the ball over a ton. And I just, mm. they, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. They don't. They don't. It's hard to feel bad for them, especially, I mean, you make good points about the effort thing. Team, is not, team that's not showing effort, that has the players they do, it's hard to feel bad for them. It's seriously, um, It yeah. really is. And so. like, I, I firmly believe that. So, and then we, we look at the East, and you look at a team in the Miami Heat who are nowhere near as talented as the Lakers are, and I think that's going to be their demise in the playoffs just because they don't have these top-tier guys. But they show up every night. You know, mm-hmm. they... They have the uh, the heat culture, as they call it, mm-hmm. which is we're going to show up, we're going to lock in, we're going to play hard every night. Mm-hmm. And they they have the one seed in the East over the Bucks sure and do. the 76ers. Yeah. No, and, they, and, yeah, I just, like, I, I firmly believe if you show up, play 82 games locked in in the NBA, with how many games stars take off and things like that, if you do that, you know, you can be a four or five seed just by showing up and playing hard. Yeah. Unless you're like the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, that is. You can try all you want if you're the Pistons, and you're not going to get much. So, no, that's a good point, man. I'm excited. I am excited for the playoffs. I, I do like the NBA playoffs setup. I, it's, I'm not saying every every sport should be this way because I like how um, some sports are, like football is one game. Like it's whoever shows up uh, in that one game. Like it's one Marsh game at a time. Madness the right? same way. Exactly. But I like that there's sports where it's a series. Oh, so yeah. I, I'm a, and then I'm, you know who, you truly know who is the best. I am a pretty big fan of that. Um, oh, so me too, I'm yeah. excited for that. And it's one bad night doesn't kill doesn't you, right? Kill You're not yep. exactly. So one, one five for 24 shooting night hey, isn't oh, the end of the world. Boy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I. <laughs> that's true. So, yep, I, I'm excited though, man. It'll be really fun, but way more excited, way more excited for this Thursday through Sunday. Uh, the Masters, a tradition unlike you, a big golf guy. Any other? Yeah, my dad played in college. Oh, uh, nice. My I, sister I played. My my triplet sister played in college as well. Okay. Uh, so been around the game. Um, used to think it was really boring to watch. I don't. <laughs> my brother actually he watches a ton of golf. I personally, I only watch stuff like the Masters, but fair. It is amazing, and I think for multiple reasons, it's even more amazing this year with Mister. Mr. Woods he's playing. saying today that he is playing. And I'm with you. I don't watch a ton of golf. Used to absolutely hate watching it, but just refuse. And then I played golf a couple times. Mm-hmm. And when you have a newfound respect for something and how hard it is, yep. and then you watch the best people in the world do it, yep. it just it really changes it. So if it, you don't like golf, I would advise you to go play. Do what I did. Shoot a 169 oh, the first time you no play. Way. Played 18. Are you kidding? Shot 169. That is historically bad. John. Oh, dude. That's wild. A lot of I would come up. Credit hit, to you for keeping track of that oh, many shots. So my my thing, yeah, <laughs> for real. Yeah. <laughs> and so we played no mulligans. N- no, because my, my thing is yeah. 
because you know going into it, I knew golf would be hard. Didn't think it'd be shooting a one sixty nine hard. I was like, you know, I'll shoot like a one oh eight, something like that. Oh boy! And so I go in, and my thing is, I just I, I want to be able to track the progress. Yeah. And so you know, the first time I play, shoot a one sixty nine. Played with my older brother a few months back. Uh, only played nine. Shot a like a sixty nine. Which is, you know, yeah, that's not, you know, you double it, that's like 40 strokes better. Yeah, that's not, which, I was going to say, which makes me feel good, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's why we oh did that. But still, dude, it was, it was a lot of the humbling game, man. You, there are guys that, there are people, I mean, I played most of my life and I know, I mean, I'd normally shoot in probably like the mid to high 80s. Sometimes it'll tr- trickle into the 90s, but it is an incredibly frustrating game. Dude, and I mentally, like you talk about mental toughness to, oh. to play a sport like golf to where it's you, just you. Where it's just you, you can't blame anybody, you can't blame anything, and oh my goodness, it, it, the amount of just precision where it's like you can have the club face closed one degree and the ball is going to be 20 yards out of the fairway, and it's just that one little club face being closed one one degree, or, or a putt, for example. Oh, dude. 10-foot putt, and you're one degree, or a 15-foot putt, and you're one degree to the left, and it's like, man. How, like, there's so, just no, there's no sport like golf. There's no there's sport not. like it. So, the, the last time I don't play, the last time I played with my brother, we hit, there was a par four. I think it was like hole sixteen or seventeen, and I hit back to back shots of my life. Like the drive, just beautiful. The approach, absolutely beautiful. Are you green in regulation? Were you on the green after your approach? Mm-hmm. Wow, just absolutely impeccable golf. Like, oh no, did you like five putt? I, so, you got to keep in mind, it was my, my second time playing. Yeah. And I had read something earlier that day that said, when you go for your birdie putt, do not leave it short. Oh, no. That's, like, the advice. And if you see my putter, oh, so, no. let me let me give some more context here. So, if you look at, it's so like, my driver looks like, like, if you just see it, it's like, that's, like, a solid driver that, like, you would get at a yard sale. Mm-hmm. And, like, you work through all my clubs, it's like, okay, this is, like, a good yard sale set. And then you look at my putter, it looks like it hasn't been used since the 1960s. <laughs> okay. And meanwhile, you know, my brother's got this putter that's got like the line on it, yeah, so you can like line yeah, it up. Yeah. Mine didn't have that. I'm sure. And so I, yeah, I uh, let's just say I overshot a little oh, bit. No. Ended up three putting. It was tough. That's I was absolutely I expected worse. But but to have a birdie chance and then three putt. That it was oh, it was so tough. That is no and, fun. Uh, it's yeah. it tests you, man. But there are dude. What a week for sports, especially. If you do enjoy golf and basketball, like to have the championship oh, be yeah. Monday, the final four games be on Saturday, and then like the, this, the this NBA past season weekend, finale is on Sunday. Season finale is then. You have the Masters Thursday through Sunday, and then boom, hot, NBA yeah. playoffs are here. Yeah, so it is. It is an awesome time um, for those. I mean, probably probably losing some people that are just here for college basketball and think golf is boring. The storyline. That Tiger Woods is playing 14 months after being in a life-threatening, life-threatening car accident where he shattered, or both of his legs were pretty much broken. He he was told that he was be lucky to walk again, or like lucky to to, playing golf. to drive. And 14 months later, not only is he playing golf, he's playing in the Masters. Yeah, he hasn't played in a tournament since that accident. This is his first time back. Masters is is like the NBA Finals of golf. Like oh, it yeah. is the biggest tournament of the year for these guys. And dude, you just cannot write a better story. But dude, if he wins, but no, nope. no, no, no. I'm gonna pause on that. Okay. My hot take with Tiger. Everyone is thinking about 
him making it to Sunday and what accomplishment it would be for him to be in contention. Number one, it's an accomplishment for him to be playing, for him to be able to walk on a golf course and swing a golf club. That is incredible that he's just able to show up, that he's able to have a tee time on Thursday. Like that is insane. 14 months after that kind of accident. Huge accomplishment, number one. Number two, everyone is talking like he's going to be there on Sunday in contention, back nine, when it matters, et cetera. I don't think he will. Oh, no way. I don't think he will. I wouldn't think so either. And everyone is just assuming that he's going to make the cut. I understand he's the best ever. I understand he's the best ever. This man has not played a full 18 holes since that accident. He's played round, like he's played eight, he's played like stretches of holes but not a full walk 18 holes. Maybe this week he has at his practice round. But how how can you say, the, the golfers he's playing against have not taken a day, or I'm assuming have not taken more than a week off of golf in the last 14 months. And Tiger hasn't played a full 18 holes in, 18, in, in 14 months. Yeah, That is an insane ask. Not only for him to be able to play in the Masters, like that's a huge ask just physically. But in terms of his his skills, like he hasn't played golf yeah. in fourteen months. It's just a lot to assume. So it is. Yeah, man, you're you're I, assuming I like he's gonna be the same tiger. A lot of people are talking like he's gonna be the same exact tiger when he's come back. He's not gonna be able to hit the ball as far. I don't wanna sound like a hater. Like again, oh, yeah, yeah, I preface by saying I'm with you. Heck yeah, dude. What a story. Huge accomplishment. Just what, him playing. Okay. What do you think would be so I'm obviously you're not going to pick him to win based off of everything you said. No. So what is what is the ceiling finish you think for him? I think if he makes the cut, I would be willing to say it was a successful weekend. I mean, it's a it's a successful weekend regardless yeah. because he's playing. Like that is amazing. It's literally a miracle from above that he is playing. But I I think if he makes the cut, that's a huge. I mean, because the cut is. I don't know how much you know about what the like making the cut is, but I have no clue. And so I'm sure the people listening that's like, don't yeah. know either. <laughs> so Thursday and Friday of the tournament, of this tournament, of all golf tournaments, everyone, so I think there's 63 or 64 players in the field. That group is basically cut in half by this, it's called making the cut. The cut. Okay. And and determining determined by the I don't know exactly, but it ends up being around par, maybe plus or plus two or plus three is the cut line. And so if you're above or if you have a lower score than the cut line, you would be in. Gotcha. And if you have a higher score in terms of par, like over par, um, if you're over that limit um, or over that cut line, then you're out. You're out. Okay. And then so that just shrinks the field for the last two days. And so if he makes the cut, Man, what an accomplishment that is! Because that he's essentially beating pro- around twenty-five guys that have played all year. Yeah, and that's like insane. that's going to be huge. I don't want people to overlook that because a lot of people are. A lot of people are looking. Oh, he's going to be in contention. Blah blah. blah. If he makes a cut, huge deal. Yeah, humongous deal. Um, number two though, I, I would look at if he just ha- if he even has a chance. Say if he's in the top ten going into the last day. Yeah, my thing is like if he finishes like top four twenty strokes. Yeah, if he finishes top twenty, I'm like, dude, dude thumbs up, huge, huge respect, or even more respect than I already have for you as yeah. as a golfer. Yeah, and um, yeah, man, like it's it's one of those things where when Tiger is eventually done with golf, I have no clue what's going to happen to it because there's just there's not. 
There's, there's, I'm not going to say there's nobody because— There's oh, nobody like him. There won't be not. anybody like and, him. Because he was just such—wearing the red. I mean, he's just— yeah. What he did for just awesome. young golfers, he came in young. Obviously, being an Afri- African-American, like, did a lot of things for diversity in the game, um, for, for young players in the game. Like, people, younger players weren't overlooked the same. Like, they were definitely, uh, I don't want to say overlooked, but were expected less. And Tiger came in when he was young and dominated when he was, like, 20. Golly. And so, young players now, it, it's, there's a new, I mean, he's just paved so many ways. Like, people people describe it like this. And and I think SVP said this. Um, and, and a lot of people in the golf community have said this. Like, people talk about individuals that move the needle right forward necessarily, like, in a sport, right? So, they're kind of like tone setters. Tiger Woods is the needle. Yeah. Like, he is the needle. Whatever, like, he pushes the game just so far that it's just him. <clears throat> it's not like this group effort of people pushing. Like, there have been great players since. I'm not trying to. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, just yeah, a, yeah. an absolute pioneer in the golf game. Um, just dominance. Battling through injuries, right? The the one thing I will say, just kind of wrap up the Masters talk and, and the pod in general. Looking at Tiger Woods' history of injuries, He's battled through uh the back. I think it was a back a back issue. He had a he had a leg issue a couple years. Like he's had to play through pain. And so he has he does have a track record of being successful, maybe not necessarily winning, but being pretty successful uh when he's been hindered in terms of uh his body, right? So this is a totally different game in terms of intensity of injury. Like this is it w- it was a life threatening situation. Yeah. And it's just it's a like- lot different than uh, having a you know a, a bum ankle or, or yeah or back surgery yeah. so that is a huge deal that though like despite the severity of the injury like him going out and playing playing but like being able to play through some of that like being able to just focus in on the task at hand and kind of block out um, what is needed which is he's going to probably have a lot of for sure uncertainty. On certain shots, Augusta is extremely hilly. It's uh, a tough course. It's I tough mean, course. It's... The fairways aren't flat. Like, you'll see <laughs> if people yeah, watch. right. There's not a flat. The only flat surface, I think Tiger said this in his press comment today, the only flat surface is on the tee box. Everything else is, there are hills, yeah. there, are, well, no, for there him, are subtle changes in terrain. So One thing that will help is he's played Augusta so many times. Yeah, which you know, obviously, you know, a lot of well, a lot of those other golfers have too. But it like matters. that matters. It matters, and for sure, you know, it's like I don't know. It's like home. I'm not gonna call it home, home court advantage for him, but like um, for for an NBA team, you know, yeah. playing at home matters because you yeah. know the court and you know the the dead spot in the floor. And <laughs> yeah. If you're you know playing, yeah, you know, on a course that he's played, you know, I don't know how many times he's played in the Masters, a bunch, several, over twenty, and you know, playing you know on a course that you're familiar with. I mean that helps in terms of knowing what shot to take and things like that. It does. It does. So that I mean that's a good point. That'll I mean you would hope play a factor for him. He's he certainly has a lot going against him this weekend. So it's it's it is good to think about things like that. Like he does have experience uh, in majors. He has experience at Augusta, etc. So should be fun, man. Should be fun. Exactly. I uh, I don't have any picks to make with that. I, okay. Do you <clears> have? If it, I did, if I did have to make a pick about Tiger, I would say that he doesn't make the cut. Man. Yeah, I hope he does though. I hope he does, man. I I'm rooting for him. I want him to win. Oh yeah, I'm not who saying doesn't? that. Yeah, I want it to be awesome. It so. would be for sure. Um, NBA Finals pick, R- real quick. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't I don't have mine. I don't want to say the Grizzlies, even though I love the Grizzlies. Dude, I, there's I love them. 
I love seeing them play. My hot take is if the Grizzlies see the Timberwolves in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised if they got bounced. Dude, T-Wolves are solid. Yeah. Um, they also have guys who've played in the playoffs before. That's true. They've got some experience. Yeah, I think that will kind of come up to bite Memphis. Uh-huh. That and the way they play, I don't think it's sustainable in the playoffs. A lot of like offensive rebounds, playing really fast. Game yeah. slows down. Yep. So, okay. I'm going to say, I, I, I agree with you. I don't like the Heat. Well, I, I do like the Heat. Yeah. I don't like them to do anything. The Celtics have been a really interesting... They're defending so well, and Jason Tatum is a bucket. But, but they lost... Was it, is it Zaire... Zaire Williams? Is it Williams? No, he's he no, plays for the Grizzlies. That's Memphis. No, I'm. It's it's Robert Williams the third. Yes, and center. that's huge for their defense. Uh, yeah, it's humongous, and it looks like Boston right now, if things stood, would have Cleveland in the first round. I okay. I'm gonna say out of the East. Is it weird that I like the Nets? No, they they have Kevin Durant. If they have Irving. to get Ben Simmons back, like they just they have a star power. I think Philadelphia or Brooklyn is yeah, what I would pick. Milwaukee I, Milwaukee has the most consistent. What the heck is Toronto? Like, Toronto's the sixth seed right now. That's dude, insane. I they, love Toronto. The fact that they're in the sixth bar right now, I think preseason they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs. They weren't. So, uh, I'm going to say my two, what I want to happen, I want to it to be Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Oh, uh, doesn't in the want semis. that? But I, I, if I had to make a pick, I'm probably going to make a pick on Milwaukee just because of their continuity. I have no question about their continuity offensively. And Giannis is even better this year than he was last year. So I would go Minnesota, or sorry, Milwaukee out of the East. Same. And I'm going to go, man, it's going to be really hard to pick against Phoenix. They've just been so good. I mean, they're 62 and 16. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going with Phoenix. So I, hard not to. So I like, I like Milwaukee out of the East. And I'm going to take Golden State out of the West. Interesting. Okay. I just Draymond is I, I back. Know Draymond's, Draymond's back. back. Curry's f- going to be fully healthy be back. Yeah. when the playoffs start. Clay Thompson is starting to come around. I really like them. I think Jordan Poole's deep. tough as well. Jordan Poole's yeah. a bucket off the yeah. bench. I really like Golden State. I know that they <clears> haven't <throat> been great here recently, but like it's Golden State in the playoffs with guys who've been there and, yeah. and they've done that. And so. Sleeper pick, real quick, and then we actually will be done. <laughs> I really like the Mavericks to potentially make a run. Wow. Just because they, they defend as well as anybody. So right now they're slated against Denver. I like them against Denver. I do too, especially since it doesn't look like Jamal Murray or, or Michael Porter Jr. is going to play. Yep. Even though anytime he has to play against Jokic, that's nerve-wracking. Yep, but- I really hope they can end up playing the Jazz just because matchup-wise— Utah Utah relies on these small guards. And look, Luka's 6'7". Like, you can't... Defensively, you can't put a nope. small guard like Jordan Clarkson in the game. Like, he, he'll he be eliminated from the series if they play Dallas. Yeah, I mean, certainly, was, you would have to kind of work around that. Um, yeah, and so just... I mean, Dallas does have... That Brunson guy, he's pretty small. I so they, Brunson, man. I do, too. I like him a lot. So, I do think... I Man, I, I like that sleeper pick. I, it's, I like him. They're the four, though. They they were that the doesn't three. Even, it feels like they should like. Well, they've they're like they have the I believe they have the, one of the best records. If it's not the best record in, in the NBA, it's like a top last, three record in the NBA since January first. Yeah, so they've they've lost like six or seven games since January first, which right. is incredible. All right, I like that. I like that. My sleeper in the East would be Chicago. 
Yeah. Uh, if Lonzo Ball, I don't know with Lonzo Ball coming back, what that I don't looks either. like. Um, if, if they're healthy, they're tough. I just, yep. I don't know if they're going to be. Yeah, I don't know either. So, yeah, should be a fun one though, man. Should be really fun. and it's It's got this NCAA tournament feel of I don't know who yeah. to pick, which is awesome, like it. which makes it even I better. I like it. So, and anything else? Uh, Shoutouts and closeouts? Uh, I actually just looked up and Shams reported 31 minutes ago, Lonzo Ball is to be expected to shut down the rest of the, re- the remainder of the season. Golly. So, he's had, experienced a setback in his ramp-up process and he's out. For the year, so man, that's tough. Unless they fun. go on a late, late run, which is unlikely without him. So yeah. yeah. So uh, shout out some closeouts. Uh, shout out to everyone that stayed up on the on the Eastern Standard Time that watched the game. Shout out to you, uh, you all. Um, I'm gonna go shout out to the Covenant Christian freshman team. Nice basketball. That's always a good one. Always a good one, and. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. It Dude, was uh, it always is a pleasure and, and look forward to potentially hopping on here as the NBA playoffs get going. For sure. Um, we'll have potentially, to do dude, like a draft night, NFL draft night. I'm a dude, big yes. I'm a big NFL guy, so. Dude, who the NFL draft is it's a, it's a special time for me Very. where I I get to be a nerd and not made fun of for it. Yes, it's <laughs> awesome. We get to nerd out. It's the it's the time of year we get to it nerd really out. It really is. And yeah, I'm it's 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 already started to happen, right? Everybody was like, the quarterbacks this year aren't that good. And I was watching ESPN today, and as of right now, it looks like Carolina's going to take Kenny Pickett at sixth. Which is like, okay. And yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. just... We'll get into that mess, later, but... For sure. What a, what, a, what a time of the year this is, man. It's a great time. Like, it's... Baseball started. Dude. Hockey's gotten going. Indians tonight. The, uh... Indianapolis Indians. Indianapolis Indians, all right. Triple A baseball, start, starting off tonight. That's huge. They, actually, first pitch just happened, I think. There you go. Yeah, yeah, well, shout out go. to the Indians. That's a, that's our that's my last shout out. Shout out to the Indians. There you go. All and, right, well, that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Once again, Matt, thank you for coming on, dude. Yes, sir. It's always Blessed fun. to be here, man. Blessed for to be sure. here. So, yeah, that's going to do it here. I'll be back tomorrow with another take for you guys. Make sure to check us out on social media. I'm at jschmidt underscore four, just about everywhere. You're... M underscore Murph 14, something like that. Something like that, man. I, I know ain't, no, ain't nobody looking. So. <laughs> but appreciate y'all, man. For sure. All right, that's going to do it here. I'll be back again tomorrow with another take for you guys. Peace.